you have been out here. You have traveled the, uh, the country, singing, dancing, acting, producing, all this stuff. And now it's time for you to sew back into the organization that you got your first start with. Welcome to the Shellcats, a show about music, culture, and Memphis. As we live into our mission of building community through music, education, and diversity, we look forward to interviewing artists and musicians and hearing about how they are writing their own stories, and building their own communities. 85 years strong and with a rich history, the Levitt Shell has stood the test of time as a beacon of hope in the heart of Memphis. podcast is brought to you by Orion Federal Credit Union, where a big part of us is being a big part of the community. Visit orionfcu.com to see how Orion is redefining banking. Episode 5, and for today's episode, I spoke with Laurenette Williams, Executive Director of the Memphis Black Arts Alliance. We spoke about the organization's deep history, how their programming has been able to reach a wider audience, and paying it forward. Now, here's our conversation with Laurenette. Could you tell us a little bit more about what the Memphis Black Arts Alliance is and, and what you all do? Sure, I would love to. The Memphis Black Arts Alliance is a 30, as of May 7th, 39-year-old organization. Wow. Yeah, that was created to preserve, celebrate, and advance African-American arts, literature, and culture. It came about at a time that our arts in Memphis was really, or at least African-American arts in Memphis was really on a decline after the riots, of, after Dr. King was shot and everything. The, of course, Beale Street went into hysterics and a lot of the closures of a lot of the clubs and performance venues there and everything just really right. went to waste. And then shortly after that, Stacks closed mm. and then there 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 was that avenue that also closed and so and it was a bunch of rubble by the end of the 70s it was like wow. uh, just a bunch of rubble so uh, needless to say the artists in this area were displaced and mm. they were many and so thank goodness a lady by the name of Benny Nelson West who was originally from here but she studied arts administration in New York came back home and she decided to do something about it. She met with the administration of Lamorne Owen College. They decided to partner to start oh, wow. the, uh, to start the Memphis Black Arts Alliance. She had some wonderful acquaintances that came down from New York, uh, Ruby D and others, uh, her husband, oh my gosh, and it came down <laughs> and, and they all uh, just kind of added their christening on this. And oh, Benny wow. sought after 19 different arts organizations. There were many artists, you know, independent artists, mm -hmm. 19 different arts organizations, African-American arts organizations. They came together to develop this coalition. And wow. so that's where it began. And let me tell you what I, I find now that I'm honored to sit in this seat is that many of the African-American arts organizations in the city have ties, most of them actually, with the exception of very few, have ties that are linked back to that original 19. So she wow. set a foundation, yeah, she set a foundation that actually did last for generations and we're hoping that it will continue. That's that's amazing. Uh, it's such a, a risk 
rich history. It is. And just a rich lineage. It really is. It's amazing when I think about it. I uh, y- Yesterday I was meeting with a gentleman that's going to be doing some work there. And once again, another artist. Uh, he is a very well-known uh, music composer and music director for a lot of groups. His name is Kurt Casey Clayton. And oh, he wow. will he will inhabit the upstairs area for right now because um you know he's a like I said he's a he's a composer and all of the above so he needed to turn a section into a studio right well the, oh, nice. uh, the firehouse has been so much for so many people uh over the past years it's really amazing and it's r- located right in the gateway so as you're coming into Soulsville in South Memphis were the very first things that you see. But Carla Thomas used to teach voice there. Rufus Thomas used to teach dance, used to teach tap. You've got people like Naomi Moody, who's traveled the world as best before and best. She still teaches there. You know, she from time to time, she'll have a voice student. We have so many amazing musicians and so many artists, acting artists, uh, dancing artists that have traveled through this city that have taught there. Even visual artists, George Hunt, God rest his soul, just passed mm. a couple of months ago. He did the uh, beginnings of a lot of his great work were right upstairs. Actually, where Kirk is going to be. Oh, coming. wow. That's crazy. I introduced, I said, this is a room where George Hunt created a lot of his amazing work, you know. And uh, That's I wanna, amazing. I know. It's like, and I have a really hopefully quick story about that. I'd never met him, right? Because I'm originally from Memphis, but I left and I was gone for about 25 years. I came back, but of course, you see pictures of him and everything. But one day he came by the firehouse and I didn't know who he was, right? And he knocked on the door, which was <laughs> odd because we keep the main door open. And so I said, yeah, come in and he said I hear that you guys have some art here I said well yes we just had a, had an opening of a you know of an exhibit he said sure he said can I, do you mind if I see it I said sure come on uh-huh. and he's walking he's looking at the art and everything he's, oh this is great he says uh my work used to hang here I said really I said I didn't mm. get your name I'm so sorry he said George Hunt I almost passed out I said did you, did you, did you say George Hunt and he turned around and his jacket had Hunt on the back. I said, yeah. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> That's I awesome. said, sir, I am so honored to meet you. But you know what was so wow. cool? What was so cool is he decided then that he would come to the openings of different art exhibits there to meet the artists. And let me tell you, the looks on their faces when he would walk through the door, they would be like, oh my God, you know? And it was the coolest thing. Wow. And they got, a lot of them got a chance to take pictures with him. And especially now since he's gone and that legacy. Once again, the firehouse, t- I call it the firehouse, it just continues to sow into the future artists, you know? And and, and that's yeah. what's, what's so cool about it. Like you said, it's it's creating that, that lineage of passing on this generational wisdom and just gems, you know, yes. through these visiting artists, through, you know, your, your, your teaching and your teachers is amazing. I mean, it just allows for, you know, the legacy of the Memphis Black Arts Alliance to, to continue on for generations to come, which is exciting. It is. So I'm curious, just, you know, obviously we, we've been over a year in this, these crazy times with the pandemic, I'm just curious, how has it been, you know, making that virtual pivot, you know, given, given COVID? Let me tell you, at first I was so afraid and Mm -hmm. I I was like, okay, but I shook it off really quickly. 
because I knew that I had to. Right. We are, we are the alliance. And mm-hmm. I knew I had to have my feet on the ground because I knew that uh, it was interesting. I was directing a show at Playhouse on the Square at the time. And then when the pandemic, when it came out, we literally had to close the show the weekend we opened. Oh, so my we, goodness. Yeah. And so that's when it became real. And it was like, okay, well, what do we do? So <laughs> during the month of April, what I did was I got in contact with this wonderful filmmaker here. And I created a film. We, we had an idea about creating a film called Time to Create. Because, of course, mm. we, su- we support artists and arts organizations and things of that nature. So I got in contact with, I guess it was about 20 or so different arts organizations. And I got in contact with their leaders. And I said, I need you to say a word of, of positivity to your artist, you know, mm. because they're looking to find out what to do at this point. And so all of them, we had, I mean, we had Ekandaya, we had uh, uh, Christy Chandler, we had people from all over that called in, Stephen Brown. I mean, it was amazing. And, and in different areas, theater, film, makeup artistry, hair design, we had all of And they all came on with just a little twerk, like, it's time to get up, get those pins out, start doing this, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Don't lay back. Because we knew that because we couldn't do anything, there's a tendency not to do anything. But this is when it's a good time to create. Yeah. And this is a good time for those things that you thought about you wanted to think, wanted to do, that you didn't have time to do. Now it's time to do it. So we did that and we sent that video out to everyone. And <laughs> I think, honestly, as a result of doing that, we, you know, last year was rough and that we couldn't gather, we couldn't come together. But I believe that probably some of the best creations have happened as a result. I know for us personally, I had to motivate myself as well. And we decided, you know, because we couldn't do our gathering, you know, majority of what we do, we'll put on productions and concerts and blah, blah, blah. Right. So we decided to, in workshops, and, and so we decided to connect with some of my colleagues outside of the city that have done major works in television, film, or what have you, in theater and Broadway stage, and they did workshops online, you know, they, awesome. I, otherwise I never would have even thought about that, you know what I was, I never would have thought right. about that. but here we are, and we're sitting at home, let's get in contact with Silk Coast Art, or Peggy Blue, or, you know what I mean, and, and get them on the, online, and it was the coolest thing, because now people, not only artists here, but artists from all over the country, were coming exactly wonderful connections and 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 new friendships and relationships and networks began as a result and so we really had and let me tell you one of my favorite ones was i had not talked or spoken to this person in it had to be over 20 years and her name is deborah kalar she is over mm. in Los Angeles, over by any means necessary, but very well-known actress. And she uh, was over this uh, organization. It's kind of like the West Coast version of the New York Negro Ensemble. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. And so what's so funny is I never even thought about me now being over the Memphis Black Arts Alliance, how much like that organization we are. But it was mm. it, it's like going through what we went through, I was now able to see that she was a mentor. 
and it had sewn so much into me because when I finally got a chance to be a part of BAM, that's when I got my agent. That's when I got a lot of good work because of being that's a part awesome. of that. And so she found us online and came in to one of our conversations. And oh my wow. God. You know, it was like, you know, so <laughs> I tell you. And so then we put our heads together to start doing theater, you know, like uh, readings and utilizing uh, artists that are in different parts of the country to do it. Hmm. And so very Deborah, cool. I know. Right. So we did our first uh, we did doubt, which uh, Deborah Kalar is in Los Angeles. We had someone that was in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, someone that was in, in uh, Coldwater, Mississippi. And, you know, we just, and, and all of us did it together, you know, and it was it, exciting. I know we sent the same background to everybody. So no one could really tell, you know, what was going on. And we just really had a good time. And we did the show and we aired it and we had people from all over the country listening in on it and, or looking in on it. And it was, and got right. lots of uh, uh, compliments. And so we actually remounted it in March. So it was a lot of creativity happening happening as a result of COVID and innovation because, you know, you don't have the funds because you're not gathering and you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have that revenue. So you have to start really thinking of ways to make things happen without money. It took us back to the, the yesteryears of doing yeah. this <laughs> crap, you know, it's like, oh gosh, you know, I don't have money, so how do I get it up? You know, and, and so <laughs> we had a ball and we, we, we did some great things. And so now, That's- yeah, and so what it's done is now it's made me want to get more into television film projects. Now, since I'm, awesome. you know, willing with a camera yeah. now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exciting. I mean, I think, I think for many people this, during this last year and year and a half, it's really allowed us to branch outside of our own communities and kind of, you know, bring bring not only our community here in Memphis, but also reach, you know, maybe Memphians who have, who are no longer here or even, or those who want to support what is going on in Memphis. Yeah. And as you said, sow those seeds back into our community, which is, is great because you don't have the, the confines of, you know, location, you know, with technology now, you know, you can right. reach a, a global audience, which is exciting because you get to showcase you know, the great work that you all are doing as well as the great talent that's yeah. here in Memphis. So now that's, that's exciting. I mean, I love, I love that, you know, there was that full circle moment with Deborah, um, which is, which is exciting, which led to, you know, additional, as you said, innovation yeah. and, and programming. So this is, this is exciting. And I guess now that, you know, things are, are slowly but surely, you know, opening back up, are you all looking to open things back up to in-person? I saw that, you know, the Spark yes. camp is happening this summer. Yes. What we're going to do, you know, we have, we sit on about a quarter acre of land, right? And so mm-hmm. most of it is unused because I believe back in the day when they got this property, it was, you know, they used it for like little carnivals. The, uh, the Soulsville USA Festival was actually done there and, Oh, cool. Very cool. I know, right? That's where it started. And so I think that, you know, uh, I said, I want to get a big tent, you know, and put it Mm -hmm. outside. That way we will be outside with the children, of course, have everything, you know, safe, everybody, you know, with their masks on and everything, but also 
in a outdoorsy kind of thing and keep the social distancing. And we're going to go for it. We're going to do Madagascar and just really keep our eyes and ears open to see what's happening. Make sure every, everybody's okay with the kids. Now, I know we're talking about children and we know how they love mm-hmm. to gather and get together and they're going to see each other. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and of course you can only imagine, imagine the panic, a little, pan- a little panic. I know, in the I know. But I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> help me with this one. But I think it's, it's very important. I'm going to make sure that the kids are all tested and hopefully vaccinated at that point. And Great. we're going to just, we're going to try this. We're going to try this, Lord. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know, I know, you know, the kids are probably like excited just because this is not only an opportunity to, you know, connect with, with some of their friends, maybe they haven't seen, but also it's another activity, you know, an opportunity and enrichment program for them to express themselves. Cause I can only imagine, you know, during yeah. this time, it's, it's probably been tough, you know, having to go to school on, online. Yeah. You know, having to see others online, that's that's a lot of virtual. So to have an opportunity to really have an outlet in person, I know that's exciting for them. I remember uh, last fall we were doing, you know, we weren't doing our normal arts reach. So what we did were uh, we created digital stories with children, with our kids, uh, talking mm-hmm. with specific uh, living legends that they that they oh, thought wow. and so they did all of that online and everything and we would have the sessions with the kids all together and you could just tell they were so computer burnt out it was like oh you know mm. and so when we did pull them in to record the voiceovers for these these uh, st- uh digital stories i pulled them in three mm-hmm. at a time right uh, yeah. checked every you know did the temperature checks and did all of that and pull them into the studio. But when they were in there, uh, just those three, when they were together, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, they, they would put on music on their iPods. And <laughs> and they would come up with a routine. I was like, my goodness. You can just tell they wow. were looking to see each other. And I said, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, the end product, Madagascar. Um, yeah. This, this is, this is exciting, exciting times. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, you all are, are making that transition slowly but surely back into the lives in person. Exactly. <laughs> Want to learn more about how you can support the Let It Shell and its mission of building community through music, education, and diversity? Head to levitshell.org. You can read up on our 85-year history, check out our schedule of live and virtual events, visit our shell shop to grab all the swag, and find out ways you can participate in our mission, whether that's through donations, volunteering, sponsoring a show, or becoming a member of our shell circle. Once again, levitshell.org. I know you mentioned, you know, you having come back to Memphis, being yeah. a Memphis native, what, given it's, it's, it's been a few years um, since you've taken the helm of the organization, you know, what has it been like coming back into Memphis and really reimmersing yourself and working to, to continue to build the Memphis Black Arts community? Well, it was not my intention <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> I, um, I honestly came home because, um, I'm the youngest uh, in my family, and um, my, my, you know, my I, my father had passed on. My uh, mm, sorry uh, to my, hear that. Yeah, one of my brothers had passed on, and so 
one of my brothers, uh, who was the one who made sure that everything was great with my mom, they called me with a, a bad prognosis. And so that's when I packed my bags and I said, I'm mad at home. Mm-hmm. And so I came home to be, you know, she, she's in, you know, my mother's 92, but she's still spry and she's had some uh, wow. health, health concerns over the last few months. But before then it was like, you know, she never had a moment's issue at all. But she mm-hmm. is 92 now. So it's, but I came home just to make sure that her twilight years would be the best that they could be, right? And so I awesome. started working. I, I drew from my past. My father was a CPA and I used to be his assistant. So I went oh, to wow. work for I went to go work for the comptroller's office for the city of Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why that's where I was originally. And then uh, I ran into Benny Nelson West and she said that she was retiring. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. And, and uh, lo and behold, and this is a cool kind of story, actually. Um, she actually said, let me know if you know anyone that would be interested. And I said, I will. And so I started calling on some colleagues throughout the country to submit mm-hmm. information to her. And uh, then she would call me. And she said, well, I really kind of think that you would be a good fit. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I would not be a good fit, Benny. I, I, I've hung up those those hangers a long time ago. <laughs> so, she, wow. so she called me again on, on the, some other ones, and she said, I just really think it's you. And I said, no, it's not me. I'm telling you. And so this went on for three times, and then the fourth time she called me, she was talking with me about coming in to oversee a, a, a program. And I said, okay, I can mm-hmm. do that. I'll come over to oversee a program that you're doing over there with digital music, right? And and mm-hmm. so she said, but I really think, Laurenette, that I said, you know what, Benny, I'm, she said, before you say anything, I just want you to consider. She said, you're so quick to say no. Just no. consider. Mm-hmm. And that's when I prayed. Mm-hmm. When she said that, I came home, I prayed, and guess what God told me? <laughs> Walk into it. You know what? You know what he reminded me that I was this twenty-one-year-old kid who'd written a musical and needed to get it on uh, and didn't know how. And uh, this wonderful choreographer who was uh, the board of directors for the Memphis Black Arts Alliance, who just had fun, you know, Marshall Jacks. I don't know if you guys remember Marshall Jacks from back in the day. And he mm-hmm. said, I think I could take it to the uh, Arts Alliance and see if we can get it funded. I was like, really? And he said, yeah. And he took it and they worked with Arts uh, Memphis Arts Council, which is now Arts Arts Memphis Arts mm-hmm. Council. And surely enough, they got uh, a $10,000 award for us to do that musical and when, God, awesome. and when God brought that to my attention I was like you do not play fair he says now <laughs> you have been out here you have traveled the, uh, the country singing dancing acting producing all this stuff and now it's time for you to sew back into the organization that you got your first start with I was like okay That's it. so you talk about you mentioned earlier full circle that's a full circle for you, isn't it? Absolutely. So, absolutely. So since I have been here, I have literally pulled. And it has been such an honor. It took me a minute to understand what was happening, but just so many things that I'm seeing that I would like to see happen that they had already had plans for. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you know, I'm finding things in files that they had drawn up and ideas that she had 
long, long ago that, and I said, okay, maybe it's time now for us to go and try to execute some of this because I just shared with someone that I can see the same thing. And it's amazing. So we're in the process now of trying to really materialize, if you will, uh, a cultural arts center because so many of the artists in the city don't have places to hone their abilities, not just True. getting lessons, but rehearse, a place to workshop, a place to perform. You know, we have a mm-hmm. lot of performance venues, but do we have a performance videos venues for that starting out budding artist that doesn't have much money? Exactly. And so to build something, anticipating that that is who I'm building it for and to be a nonprofit that we can help find funding to assist and help them in some kind of way so that they can get this creative work out there and get it going. And so that's what we are in the process of doing now, building the Soulsville Cultural Arts Center, home of Mrs. Black Arts Alliance. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we announced it uh, last year in March, right before the pandemic hit. And here we are, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about where we're going. I'm excited about all of the young people that we have had the opportunity to work with just since I've been here. We have actually taken up our cross, if you will, and we have reached, we have um, have had over fifteen thousand people engaged in the work that we've been doing, over twelve thousand kids, and with uh, coming into an organization uh, such as we have been, I have actually been able to manage to pay almost a thousand african-american artists since i've been in place for the past five years and that's awesome yeah it's like when i look at that you know we've actually been able to pay to sew into these artists and their careers and i'm really really grateful grateful and that's impressive Thank you. Thank you. Well, hey, you know, like, well, you and I both know now that this had nothing to do with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I was kind of just holding on to the steering wheel and letting, you know, the powers that be steer where it needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I mean, it, it, it goes to show, you know, there's, there's so many times that as Memphians, we, we leave um, or look to leave, but there's also a need for us to come back and bring those resources exactly. and that, that those skills and that talent that we've honed while away and bring it back and pour back into our community that allowed us to go and take advantage of those opportunities, which is exactly. so key now. And I think that it goes across the board for Memphis, you know, not only in the arts, but in, in other sectors where there's such a, such a need and such a brain drain of our talent and it's 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 beautiful to see you know you having had a a connection to the memphis black arts alliance and your start and how it allowed you and propelled you to go on and do amazing things and then to like you said that full circle moment where you're coming back and now you're at the helm of the organization and continuing to pour into others that that's a that's a beautiful story thank you thank you know it, it still baffles me You know, and one of the things that really baffled me, and this is one of those things that only 
through what we've just gone through with the pandemic could help me to, you know, pull all of my head together because I was used to being out in the country and doing things all throughout the country and couldn't understand, you know, well, how am I supposed to narrow this to Memphis? And then how, and then I've always been multicultural, you know, and how am I supposed to limit it to just African-Americans? And then uh, through this pandemic, it allowed me to spread my wings and bring all of those into, and then to also share with them. I'm telling you, sharing with people the legacy that, you know, when we talk about, you know, we talk about African-American music and all of this stuff. We talk about all the music genres actually being born here with the exception of jazz, uh, you know, and able to really pull the information and talk about the first arts educator was uh, Julia Hooks down on Bill Street's mm. apartment and she used to all of these major band uh, leaders and everything used to come and they took lessons from this woman here in Memphis but if you look at the old movies you see everybody's trying to get to Memphis the black people are trying to get yeah. here to, to work and that's what it was about we had we are the how should you say the the the, the thrust or the foundation of African American arts mm. and to come and to mm. know, come to know that it's like wow, you know, uh, what's his name? Oh, W.C. Handy, him and Harry uh, Pace, they actually took concepts that they learned down on Bill Street, and that's when we actually everybody talks about the Harlem Renaissance, which is a whole nother situation because the Harlem Renaissance, <laughs> yes, we worked, there, you know. We didn't start it. It wasn't ours. It was that we worked there. We worked at the card club, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> okay, come on. And it was on the certain ones of us that could do that. Okay. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be too brown at the card club. But the thing about it is, is that we know about the Harlem Renaissance because that was something that was promoted. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And the reason why it was promoted was because it wasn't us. But before the Harlem Renaissance was Bill Street and the and the uh, and the brown uh, the, uh, what what they call the brown skin dancers. When we think about the Cotton Club and the, the women with the feathers and all this stuff, the concept was built right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Wow. And it's amazing. It's like when you start digging and finding all this stuff, it's like wow. And we get a chance to share that with artists throughout the world now. And it's factual. They start pulling it apart. They see that it's truth. You know, and uh, it, it's it's been a joy, and so now you can see where that bubble-eyed girl who had been all over the country didn't understand how I could be confined. Where it's so important <laughs> that I'm the one to do this because I have been out there. Yeah, look, look at what I found. This is what's going on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now you guys need to take the truth out and share it with the world. You know. There you go. And so. It's so cool. It's so cool. No, that's that's exciting. And I mean, just in in speaking with you, you can hear the passion um, that that just comes out of when you talk about what you do and and what the Memphis Black Arts Alliance is doing. Which, I mean, I don't. I think it doesn't get any better than that. Um, so no, that's 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 super exciting. Well, I mean, it's been a a pleasure to to chat with you. Yes. And, you know, where, where where can our listeners find more information about the Memphis Black Arts Alliance? Well, I, I'm proud to say, as of today, mm-hmm. we found out that we have, our website is an award-winning website. 
Oh, congratulations. I know. I know. So they can definitely uh, uh, come to our website to find out information, www.memphisblackarts.org. And we try to keep everything nicely uh, updated. Yes, our designer, uh, his name is Channing Bailey. He's out of New York. He informed me today that we have been, uh, won an award. <laughs> Very cool. Website design. Yeah. So tell them to come on by the, the award-winning website. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Larnette, it has been a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing more of the work that the Memphis Black Arts Alliance is doing. And yeah, I, I look forward to more in-person productions soon, but we'll definitely be tuning in to, you know, your your virtual productions as well. Yes, thank you. Oh, and for also all social mediums, you know, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. So <laughs> as well. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. I, I, I forget. I'm, I'm old school. I, I forget about that part. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. Well, thank you again. It has been a pleasure. Okay, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mackenzie, for inviting That's episode five of the Shellcast. Thanks again to Larwinette Williams. To stay connected with Larwinette and the Memphis Black Arts Alliance, visit memphisblackarts.org. Make sure you subscribe to your all of our episodes. To keep our tradition of passing around the tip bucket, which started in 1936, please feel free to drop a small gift at levittshell.org slash virtual bucket to support the Levitt Shell. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Shellcast. <laughs>